Welcome to the American Roadrunner Podcast. My name is Brian Phillipson. Yeah, and I'm Bob Marshall. Glad y'all could join us here today on this, the American Roadrunner Podcast. Now, we are in a lot of places. If you want to check us out online, you can find us at AmericanRoadRunnerTheBook.com. Also on Facebook at American Roadrunner The Book. That's American Roadrunner The Book. On Instagram, all one word, American Roadrunner. And if you have any comments, questions, cheers, and jeers, you can email us at AmericanRoadRunnerTheBook at gmail.com. And of course, this podcast can be found on AmericanRoadRunnerPodcast.com. All the things we do here are built around the book, aptly named American Roadrunner by Bob Marshall. You can find it on Amazon, on paperback, ebook, and coming soon on audiobook. That was going to be awesome, and I'm a little excited about and we're pretty excited because today we got a guest on this, if you haven't guessed the name yet, the American Roadrunner Podcast. Mr. Brian? Yeah, our guest today is Miss Kelsey Bowman. Say hello, Kelsey. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, thank you. Now, Bowman, that's not a common name. Uh, where does that name come from? It is very German. Um, when my great-grandfather came over from Germany, we actually dropped off one of those ends to appear less German. So there used to be two ends on the end. Less German. Did this have to do with a certain world war that happened a couple decades ago? I cannot speak to that. Jawohl. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I could see how a lot of German people were like, uh, not me. Nope, nope. I'm oh, going to yeah. lose a couple letters of my name. <laughs> so what do you do, Kelsey? I am a sixth grade teacher. Mm. How long have you been doing that? I actually just started in August. I'm technically still interning, but I have my full contract up until May. And you do ride. Do your kids know that you ride? Oh, my kids know that I ride. They often tell me I'm the coolest teacher that they've ever had. They'll ask <laughs> me about my, they'll ask me, hey, Miss B, how's your motorcycle doing? Or ask me what type of rides I went on. Um, they love it. They you do. are probably like the living embodiment of Van Halen Hot for a teacher to them. <laughs> I have been told that at least once or twice on random, unfortunate Bumble dates. Nice. Nice. Wow. So uh, where are you from originally and where are you living now? Born and raised in uh, Mentone, California. Got to represent the 909. And I currently live in Mentone, California. I have not left the Inland Empire. (laughs) Very cool. All right, Kelsey. So you're from Mentone. Um, Where do you like to ride? I just kind of love to cruise around town, but definitely my favorite place to go is Joshua Tree, for sure. Mm. I've been camping a couple times in Joshua Tree. I can only imagine how it is to be on a, a motorcycle. Um, what what parts do you like around Joshua Tree? I'll see if I'm familiar with any of them. Definitely love going out to Pappy and Harriet's, taking either way out to get there. It's nice to be in that desert scenery. One of my favorite times to go is actually after the sun is just setting because you have such a great view of the stars and it's gorgeous. It really yes. puts you back in touch with um, the gorgeous desert that we have here in Southern California. Yeah. I think Pappy and Harriet's is the first time I saw the Milky Way in real life right? living in Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. I went out there and I was like, what's that in the sky? It's not smog. Right. And then somebody's like, yeah, that's the milky way and i was like whoa yeah like mother of god there are stars yeah then i felt very very small in the universe yeah cool so um 
You've been riding how long, you said? I got my license in June of 2016, so almost three years now. I'm still uh, still pretty new. Yeah, so you consider yourself still amateur, novice, Yeah, amateur or novice, I'm not sure I what the... I would very novice. You've kept up with me once or twice, so you got my vote. Yes. Have you crashed yet? I have not crashed on my bike. I'm going to knock on wood. When I was <laughs> learning how to ride, I dropped the Street 750 that I was learning on um, and picked it back up like a champ and kept going. So, no, I have not had a full-on, full-out. I believe her. I don't think she cried. I think she picked it up like a champ and kept going. Yeah? I did. I was, like, one of the only girls in my class, and I'm like, not today, mother. Can I <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can't say motherfucker here. Not today, motherfuckers. We're a room full of motherfuckers. So, so at the point where most, at the point where a lot of people would stop and say, "This isn't for me. I'm never gonna ride again." Uh, you looked at that bike and said, "No, I'm gonna do this." Yeah, I looked at that bike and said, "Oh fuck yeah, we're we're gonna do it." And I've had a couple of moments like that. I'm not. I would be lying if I sat here and said, "Oh, everything was just so absolutely great." I've had many moments where I sat there and I was like, "Oh god, no, I'm never getting back on it again." And here I am today, and I absolutely love it and live for it. It's the best thing ever. Have you ever gotten the speed wobbles? Like, oh my gosh, I started to get them one time, but that's that's honestly my greatest fear of riding. That's my least favorite thing about riding with Bob is he likes to go really fast, and I live in fear that my bike is just going to develop these speed wobbles and I'm going <laughs> to oh, eat <boy>. pavement. <laughs> That's I, my fear. <laughs> that's what I fear. I've never been on a motorcycle, but I've seen that happen. And I'm like, I'm yeah, pretty I don't know about sure that. it's an irrational fear. I'm no, pretty well, yeah, well you not 100. Corrective, mm-hmm. right? You understand the yeah. And just just in case the audience didn't see that, that was me in a speed wobble and pushing forward with both hands on the handlebar. Some people try to catch up with the wobble, but our brains just aren't able to think fast enough. So the answer mm. is, if you ever find yourself in a good speed wobble. Slightly, very gently, for one-tenth of a second, let go and push forward on the bars as hard as you can, and you'll get right out of that wobble so without you can't, issue. you can't throw your arms up and say, Jesus, take the wheel? Absolutely. Obviously, there's no wheel, so Jesus, take the bars. Yeah, you'd have, yeah, Jesus takes wheels, not handlebars. <laughs> you got to do your part. you got to save yourself. The universe has a plan for us, I do agree, but <laughs> you got to do your part, so it's okay to push forward. But a lot of that will come from... You know, if the air pressure is a little off in your tire, if it's a little proud in the front or a little weak. I like to run my front tires just a pound or two below recommendation. That seems oh. to be what always works for me. Okay. If it says run 31 pounds, I might do 30, 29 on a cold. But you got to check it every month regardless. Tire pressure is very important. Please know that I am not justifying exactly how to put air pressure in your tires. However, <laughs> I do like to run a pound or two low in front. And then a pound or two proud in the rear. It might have something to do with my larger frame as a human being. A pound or two. Say it again, Bob. A pound or two low in the front, and then a pound or two proud in the rear. That's that's the part. That's the part I liked. A pound or two proud. Holy hell, I really walked into that one. Yes, you did. I love it. I'm going to use that from now on. I'm a pound or two proud. In all things. I'm in sorry in advance for my terrible <laughs> jokes and foul, foul language. When you work with kids all day and have to super censor yourself, when yeah. I release it, oh, it just it just comes out. You can't stop it. this flow. Go You're for in it. good place, Miss Bacabowls. That's good. That's and we're not going to tell your kids about this podcast. For the love so. of God, please don't. Oh, Those I little am. motherfuckers. Like, Listen, all you sixth grade little. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally joking. Hey, you know what? That was quite a digression. If I could back up again, yeah. back to Pappy and Harriet's and Joshua Tree. Um, I love camping out there. I'm sure you love camping. Um, do you camp out there or do you have another spot that you camp when you're uh, on your motorcycle? So Joshua Tree is the only spot that I've been camping on my motorcycle so far, but I do have 11 years uh, loud and proud Girl Scout experience. And my mom was our <laughs> yes. troop leader, so she made us camp. We weren't one of those like frou-frou troops that got to go to Disneyland. Yes. Don't we have cookies? I think we got Girl Scout cookies. I have now. bought so many Girl Scout cookies over the course of my life. You got to support. But So all we did was camp and I can pitch a tent by myself. You can pick Ding. a one. I can, your oh, yeah. Now, right? Where's our sound <laughs> oh, effects? Like, I it. boing. <laughs> we do need uh, a little bell. We, I we know. I'm mention, sorry. Kelsey's not bad on the eyes. I'm just going to throw it out there. Not, not too I think shabby. She's quite single these days as oh, well. Oh, super single. Oh, yeah. Don't you super know it? Super single. There um, will definitely be some pictures of the podcast on our website, so go check it out and see the beautiful Girl Kelsey. Um, she will be taking pictures for the American Roadrunner calendar coming out in the end of the year, so look forward to that. Oh, that's fucking cool. That's <laughs> fucking rad. Is, it'll come out at the end of the year, but it'll still be for 2019, yeah. so it won't be very... But yeah, you'll be in it, so it'll be like It's vintage. Between you and Tracy and... <laughs> Producer Tracy. Oh, we keep. I'm so sorry. We keep getting off on these fantastic. No, this is what we do. I mean, it was all just coming back to Bob in a bikini. That's where I was going with this whole calendar sheet thing. I will steer it away from that as best I can. No, Mm. no, I was doing that up in uh, Kernvale. Remember? (laughs) I wasn't there, but I've heard. I've heard. You heard? Oh, I heard it through the grapevine. uh, Undies. I heard about that. Yeah. It was good. Undies. My undies. Speaking of your undies. Um, as a as a female writer, I'm quite curious. Uh, what underwear do you find are the best and most comfortable to wear whilst riding? Do you prefer the tidy whitey brand or the loose this and flowy boxers or those ever comforting, <laughs> quite flattering boxer briefs? Wow, this is hilarious. That's a good question. I will say, I've heard more women talk about this than men, honestly, because most women they want. I think they're called Jessica boy shorts to wear when they're riding so stuff ain't riding in the wrong place and then they talk about um uh, you know what pads they might wear when they're riding no matter what i've heard more women talk about this than men okay i'm gonna shut up now because obviously i have no idea what i'm talking about but i can answer answer that question i just didn't want to interrupt you for me i don't i want to pack whatever is the smallest so i if i can cram 16 thongs into a ball and shove them into the bottom of my bag i will do that because you know when you're camping or going on any trip yeah. You uh, pack underwear like you're going to have like a shit storm every day. <laughs> 16 don't you, thongs. Don't you overpack underwear? I always overpack no, underwear and socks. I might bring a change. I might not. I got baby powder. I'm fresh as a daisy every day. I don't need. Oh, yeah, you left out going undies. commando. How right. many How many people go commando when they're writing? There's probably that. <laughs> Apparently, producer Tracy does. She just raised her hand. <laughs> yes, she does. I feel like That's on great. a motorcycle, you probably get a little bit of an irritation, a little... Crotch well, rash. maybe. So uh, the answer is, yeah, I'm a boxer briefs fan. And if it happens to be cold, I'll usually wear like thicker undershorts. Like they're shorts. That's what they are. So I'll wear those as well. But the answer is the more you put between you and the saddle, it usually hurts a little more. So I used to think I was really cool and I would pick up those uh, Under Armour 
chones, but I got to tell you, those really reek after racing in them for a day or two. <laughs> so it just wasn't my thing. So I just learned to stick to the boxer briefs. So yes, the answer is boxer briefs, and uh, baby powder is my friend. Just do like right. Kelsey and pack like 16 thongs. You <laughs> He's got to prepare for armor. that shit storm. Yeah. Well, and, storm. That, and, uh, you know, and I was, I think I mentioned on the last podcast, I was talking with a young man, and he was afraid to travel. Because he didn't know where to put his pants. Because mm-hmm. he was certain he was going to shit himself. I don't know what. Okay. I've never done that. I don't know how people. Is I want to go. I want, no, I want to go on record. I have never shat myself. I don't bring them because it's going to happen. I just, I'm just pre-preparing. And I reckon a thong wouldn't catch much in that regard anyway. So maybe, oh, I'm, no. maybe I'm missing something about uh, the whole motorcycle culture thing. Me too. Uh, does, does the engine like jumble your bowels to where you feel like you're gonna shit yourself sometimes is this a common no, occurrence no or does no. it <laughs> no. okay I mean, unless you're nervous when you're riding mm-hmm. and that could happen if there are new riders listening i remember being you know 17 18 19 and like hopping my motorcycle uh my first little motorcycle to you know the college and whatnot or just going a few miles down the road and after a few miles that was it like i was yeah. done and i was a little nervous and i was hanging on a little too tight but you know you don't you aren't nervous when you drive a car. You don't hang onto the steering wheel with a death grip. So mm-hmm. after a little bit of practice, you learn to not to do that on a motorcycle. So I, there's no hmm. reason. Yeah, right, I Kels? could not agree more. I remember the first time I rode on the 210 um, out to Victoria Gardens. It was the first time I had been on the freeway and like an idiot agreed to ride the 210, which is notoriously windy. By the time I actually made it there, I had like an upset stomach. I felt sick to my stomach because I was so scared. Right, I was right. gripping those handlebars just hanging on for dear life and i just oh i made myself so sick my hands were just sore at the end of it and ever right. since then you know you just kind of learn you take the streets <laughs> you yeah. take the when streets and you get there when you get there no i just <laughs> no, i jump yeah. on the highway it's much safer mm-hmm. okay it really yeah. is yeah well i was just wondering i mean it you know i could see that happening you know uh, not just anxiety but you know maybe if you have a strong enough engine it kind of knocks something loose well, I'll tell you, I was talking to my good buddy, uh, Chopper Charlie, Mr. Traveling Chopper Charlie today about that. And he was going on and on about, there's a gentleman who holds a record right now for cross-country motorcycle race from L.A. to New York at 38.75 hours or something. And he was talking about getting pretty close to that record on his rigid. And he's rigid in front, rigid in the rear. He's got about 200,000 miles on this motorcycle of his, so it's pretty exciting to think of him doing it on that. But one of the big topics that we got to talk about and we had to laugh about it was him and me both like to wear our riding suits or we both like to wear uh, overalls and coveralls and everything else. But it's a good 20-minute production if you got to go. So how do you make sure you're not going so much? So him and I were sharing secrets for probably a good 30 seconds before we stopped and said, this is kind of ridiculous. We really shouldn't talk. Like, men shouldn't talk this way to each other, you know, about bowel movements and scheduling bowel movements and whatnot but i'm usually good for once a day myself if i happen to be hauling ass you know across country it's gonna happen once or twice there's just nothing to be done about it so yeah. anyways enough about that subject i can imagine a butt plug would be pretty uncomfortable on a motorcycle for how many hours yeah Jesus. right and he's talking about maybe using a condom catheter which is pretty cool it's something we'll have to look into the nasa astronauts are real big on it but I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Yeah, Catheter. Yeah, it's a condom. It just, you know, grabs on and makes a nice little... Suction? 
Well, no, it's just a hose. <laughs> I reckon you could just run it down to the road, you know. So you got like a camelback with the the hose in the front, and then a and then another second camelback. Yeah. Don't cross like, the streams. Don't <laughs> yeah, don't cross the streams. Right. Don't plug the wrong one in. That's not lemonade. Right. And I reckon. I reckon you'd want to hook it to your frame or something to make sure you unhook it when you stand up and get off oh the bike. Otherwise, God. it's going to tug on you real nice. <laughs> I don't know. I've never used one. I just stop and use a bathroom when I need to and make sure my intake equals my output, you know, mm-hmm. so but mm-hmm. we all do it differently. So that was a good discussion on one less thing to worry about. Yeah. So. It just gives you a reason to pull over and uh, enjoy the view every so often, right? That is very true. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorite things about being on the bike is you can just stop. And there have been many times I've taken even just local rides um, in Mentone. You can actually go out I think you're technically heading northeast a little bit out towards Highland um, on Garnet Street. And you can stop on the bridge that crosses over. I think it's the, I don't even know if it's the creek. I don't know. Or the the water runs off. I can't think of it. I'll think of the name later. Um, But you just stop on that bridge. And I've sat there many times just on the back of my bike and taken in the scenery, watched the sunset. This is Mentone Beach. Right. This it's isn't well. This isn't the beach. We don't. I don't talk about the beach anymore. Oh, you don't talk it's about the beach It's been tainted. Anymore. As a kid, I went there and it was fantastic. As an adult, I will never Not set foot so in there. Much. Don't go to Mentone Beach. But the, the views are nice. And the nice part is, is you're you're out there experiencing it. You're on the bike. You're in that moment. You don't have to get out of your car, and you just you get to experience everything. Make production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just hop off. And I, you know, I did the same, traveling up to the river through Joshua Tree with my dad as a kid. So. Being anywhere in Southern California desert these days just reminds me of being a kid there with my dad. So I'm glad you get to experience these days on two wheels. That's really cool. It's nice. I love it. Yeah. You know what? As a woman who rides, uh, it sounds like you love it. Of course, you know, um, talking about traveling and the views and everything. Uh, What kind of advice do you have for other women who don't ride that might want to ride? I would say, like, as cliche as it sounds, just do it. As a kid, I was super shy reserved i have i i claim that i have social anxiety i don't like to put myself out there much but getting on that motorcycle was i don't want to say it was like a crutch but it was something else that i had there and it was just it's giving me so much confidence i love it it's something that i can do on my own which is great and it gets me more comfortable but i can also do it with friends and just get a big group of people together and just ride and have an amazing time it has definitely helped me out in more ways than i can count very cool. I love it. She does do well at keeping up. I try. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, now is our time for our favorite part of the podcast. This is Songs from the Road from Bob's Playlist listed in the book. Thanks for letting me share. This is Simple Man by Leonard Skinner. tell you i think my favorite part about this song is the way it seems to move the same way our clothes flap on our bodies as we're hauling ass down the highway that's a really good point that's been my favorite part of it i loaded it i remember because my son was a fan of it but for me it was just a little different yeah 
Good road rhythm, good road song. Those are those are a necessity for sure. Amen. I got quite the playlist, and I'm kind of excited. I think in the near future, I'll be expanding the playlist. Ooh. Because you can imagine my MP3 player is quite full. <laughs> quite full these days. I can only Anyways, imagine. thanks for letting me share. Kelsey, I'm really excited to have you on here because as some may or may not know, I've gotten to have a lot of fun poking fun at you for all the cool things that you think are cool that I think are ridiculous. And we've gotten to have great discussions on the rights and wrongs of riding motorcycles. But I do have to give you credit for keeping up with me, Kelsey. Uh, I can imagine that can be hard to do. Although I'm usually just cruising along, so... I do have a question that I I think I overheard you saying it. Maybe on a podcast or somewhere. Do you not have a speedometer on your motorcycle? No, I don't. Well, I do... uh, Let me think. Last time we rode together, I was on my pop scoot. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so that motorcycle technically does have a speedometer, but it's located under my tank bag, so I can't see it. Okay. So, yeah, so I really don't pay attention to those things. I'm more interested in how the bike's running, what the road conditions are, et cetera, et cetera. Um, obviously, if we can keep the distractions forward instead of behind us, uh, I'm always going to be moving, you know, 65 miles an hour where the next person's only going 64 miles an hour. So it may look like I'm in excess of the speed limit, but I'm usually not. But, yeah, speedometers just aren't very cool. <laughs> So thanks oh. for asking. Well, I just don't so pay welcome. attention to them. Just count telephone one. poles and yeah. small towns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to good way to keep up on. There are lots of other things to occupy your hands with. Well, there writing. really are because you have to think about it. Speed equals control. Control mm-hmm. equals what we all as human beings think we have, but the answer is we don't have control. What I do have control over is how well my engine's running, and how well my body's feeling, and how well the weather's treating me, and how well the road's treating me. When you're on a rigid, the road's real busy telling you exactly what it's doing. And every so often, it sucker punches you. And by every so often, I could mean every minute, every 10 minutes, your kidneys remind you that you're alive. So it's very important to pay attention to that. The speedometer, the control, law enforcement, all that stuff. As long as you're not an idiot doing stupid things, law enforcement isn't going to give you an issue. Of course, I've been pulled over for going too fast. Uh, usually on my gold wing, go figure. <laughs> I've been, you know, lit up a few times where they just flash their lights at me. I get it. I apologize. I was doing 66 instead of 65. Forgive me. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it's just a control number. And we as humans like to feel like we're in control. Yeah. But I'm more interested in how the bike's doing and how the road's doing with the bike that I'm astride. Piloting, right. so fair enough. That's yeah. a solid answer. That's where it comes from. Although we did have a good argument the other day, you were saying how much you enjoy a good chase vehicle when you're out camping. I I never said that. Oh wait. really? Uh-uh. Wait, what's what's a chase vehicle? I've never right. heard of this. So she was talking about what someone was following you. You could put all your gear in their car. Okay. If, all your gear in their car. So the only reason I said that is because three new ladies who are relatively new to riding want to go to Babes Ride Out, which is up in the Central Coast, not our backyard of Joshua Tree this year. And they're a little apprehensive about packing all the gear onto the back of their bike. So they were like, oh, we should have, you know, someone follow behind us and we can just throw our stuff in there. So I was like, yeah, you know, if it'll get you guys to go, sure, why ah, not? You're being a team supporter. Mm-hmm. I'm taking after someone very great that I'm that I know. Not she doesn't use chase vehicles, but she's a, like a leader of the pack. I'm talking about a den mother kind yeah. of thing. 
She's my she's my inspiration. I love her so much. Annette. Yeah, she's my not nothing to do with age. She's just a badass biker chick, and I want to take a cross country trip like her and I just look up to her a lot. I love Annette. Yeah, yeah. That's we're gonna, killer. We're gonna have to have her. her on the next podcast. That's a good idea. That's yeah. a really good idea. She's the best. I'm, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm kind of a fan. In I'm case y'all fan. haven't noticed. <laughs> I'm a fan. Um, well, I, I think you're right. And it, it, I wish I had a dollar for every time I saw someone say, oh, I'll be your chase vehicle. And then the chase vehicle gets lost or the chase vehicle breaks down or the chase vehicle can't keep up with the scoots or the chase. Regardless, mm-hmm. the answer is 99 times out of 100. It's a bad idea. That's just my opinion. I'm just going to throw it out there. You got to be able to carry all your own stuff, whatever that may mean. It is nice if you have a host and you show up. Maybe they're serving coffee every morning if you're camping. But it's not necessary. I just prefer to wait an hour or two to have coffee and jump on the scoot and ride into town. Or Usually when we're at these fine camping events that we're at, they tend to have us, uh, you know, they've got the coffee vendors. And that one guy from Black Cat, I got him now where he's chasing me around with coffee because he knows how important it is to me. That guy's pretty cool. That's awesome. But... yeah you know well i i do agree with you i think i learned a lot from having to pack out all of my gear on the back of my bike i remember the first time i went to babes um that was only about four months after i had gotten my license and bike so it was my first big trip and first time i'd ever been camping so i had my stuff just packed on the back and i was terrified and it's pretty windy i don't know like anybody that hasn't been out there riding the 62 out to joshua tree gets it was a little sketchy i remember at times it was just like the bike is at like a 45 degree angle right. is what it felt like i'm like oh right. there's the ground right there but um definitely builds character gives you builds confidence and you learn and on the way back i packed it differently like riding behind other girls that had it packed expertly and like oh i should have turned that why didn't i do this and right. i need more bungees so well, you do. You need more straps, more mm-hmm. bungees. You learn I a lot from straps it. and bungees. Mm-hmm. And then the nets, of course. I love the nets. All pun intended. Aha. I'm a fan of the nets. I know. Hey, you know what I forgot to ask you, uh, Kelsey? What do you ride? I have a 2015 Harley-Davidson 72. I absolutely love it. It's my second bike. My first bike was a 2005 Harley-Davidson Sportster. They both have the same uh, size engine, though, so I didn't upgrade i just got a smaller gas same tank. size gas tank yeah oh the well, it's a little bit smaller a, yeah just a well regardless bit. it doesn't have the fairing so it's not that's not throwing you around in the wind correct it doesn't have any hard bags or any of that nope. crap throwing you around in the wind so and it's got some badass vance and hind pipes on it and i i like loud things it is a beautiful motorcycle Thank i gotta you. say and it's one that i would be afraid to ride my first time because i wouldn't <laughs> want to drop that thing i'd want a beat up motorcycle like an equivalent of like a 1991 nissan Sentra of a motorcycle that i can just like break down and you know roll off a cliff if if you know if i don't know how to control it and i'm like oh shit and i just jump off of it and it you know whatever just crashes so, yeah i would not want a nice motorcycle for my first ride yeah it doesn't really work like that <laughs> don't I mean, kill his dreams i yet. just want to pull the parachute like ah and then you know fly off and the motorcycle just goes and blows up well it wouldn't oh, well. if you were you evil, definitely get a kawasaki here. or a honda like those won't blow up on mm-hmm. you you'll be just you'll roll them off a cliff and they'll be even better. Yeah. And the bars okay. will be straight and you'll be good to go. Pin so. it to win it all day. Yeah. I got to take you Honda shopping someday then. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's how I do it. I don't even own a Harley anymore these days. You know, I've owned tens of them, <laughs> maybe 10 of them. But 
regardless. What do you think of the little Honda scooter things that that look kind of like motorcycles? I see guys riding those all the time. They they're oh, not yeah. like they're not like Vespas. They're just like you know tiny kinda, motorcycle oh things. I think you're talking about the Grom. Grom, yeah. yeah. My, my little brother had one of those. He was in like a Grom gang around Redlands, <laughs> Mentone area. They are so badass because they're these small bikes. And as a tall woman, I wanted one for as long as I can remember because I would just look absolutely ridiculous on them. And you can <laughs> just like customize the hell out of them. And I watched a YouTube video where they took a Grom and I want to say they, I don't know how they transformed it, but they, it was a Grom Cotty. It was a Grom Ducati mix. Whoa. So it was a bike that just hauled ass. And I was like, Oh my God, that looks like so much fun. <laughs> yeah. The Groms are cool. But then there's also the, um, the ruckus. Ruckus. That's ruckus. what I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking, thinking of. Ruckus. Okay. Yeah. Like Those a ruckus. Really cool. I mean, yeah, they look kind of cool, but well, at the yeah. same time, like, should I just go for the regular motorcycle yes. or start on a ruckus? No. no, yeah, you should start on a regular motorcycle. It's not like a... I do the little bike races, and but the little bike races that takes a lot. I mean, you got to pin the hell out of these suckers all day long <laughs> just to do fifty-five, you know, and keep up. And these guys bring out Vespas, and they bring out old, you know, one sixties, fives. I mean, just all sorts of crazy old little motorcycles. And in America, we're the only place that has really big motorcycles. Everywhere else in the world, the little motorcycles are the way to go because they don't have interstate systems. They don't have highways. They don't have whatever it may be. Hmm. My 250 Rebels would be huge, you know, anywhere else in the world. But in America, they're small. So you can travel the world, I think, on a 250. I don't know. Last time I saw some guys travel the world on motorcycles, they were on really big BMWs. It didn't make any sense to me. (laughs) They would have done just fine on some 250s, but... Yeah. No, I'm a big fan of the little box and the little box racing. That's, you know, why I race the little box. But it's a totally different world. Hmm. You have to draft off vehicles. You have to draft. Well, in fact, I got Kelsey drafting the other night. <laughs> really? I'm like, here, come up next to me. Let me show you what this is like. And we were, oh, we were frozen. That was Yeah, problem. it about saved my life. That was when we were coming home from the women's motorcycle show in Los Angeles. Right. And I got home at like 2 a.m. and it was... 38 39 degrees out and i was not smart like bothering that and didn't wear a bunch of layers so i had my jeans my boots i had tall socks on i had bought a shirt and put that on over my other shirt and just had like two jackets on i was so cold she was oh my gosh she saved saved my life right at home because we were drafting behind that um big rig and it actually it kept me warmer and i was like oh my god this is life-changing just for like those 10 or 15 minutes but that's all you need you don't need that legal activity yeah Yeah. exactly okay here's my amateur question what is drafting i mean i've I've heard that before i've heard it in like nascar is it kind of like the same thing with motorcycles exactly the same thing if you Mm -hmm. can find a big rig and when it's cold and you're drafting behind a big rig, these big rigs are putting off all sorts of heat from their engines. So all of a sudden, you went from being in 38 degrees plus windshield factory, which would equal like 22 degrees, you went to being 45 degrees plus windshield factory. So now you've gone back up to 38 degrees maybe. Mm-hmm. And just having that 10, 12 degree difference for 10 or 15 minutes is just enough to keep you from going insane and hypothermic. Now, if you can ever find a bobtail rig that doesn't have a trailer, that's going to be really nice and toasty. And they're usually moving a good click. You know, they're usually going 64, 65, so you can keep up with them. Is that dangerous? Oh, yeah. It's very illegal. The big rig drivers get pretty mad about it. So you kind of learn. I always refer to it as who's going to be your friend on a little scoot. And mostly I'm teaching you this, Kelsey, because 
Somebody just won a nice pole start at the Women's Motorcycle Show a few weeks ago. <laughs> Let's hear about it. So um, we entered in because they do these awesome raffles through MotoFam, um, and all of their pro, all of the money that they make, they give back to riders and families who have been injured or need help, whatever it is. So it's this awesome organization, and any chance I can participate in the raffles, I do. And I had put in; they had this sick ass mini bike it was a coleman i didn't even know coleman made mini bikes my like knowledge of coleman is tents and sleeping bags and occasional lanterns right um but <laughs> coleman power <laughs> sports makes a mini bike and i was like oh my god that's so fucking cool so i put in like i think i bought 30 dollars worth of tickets and i put a bunch in for that and then they had this really cool one piece jumpsuit and i put a bunch in there and i was like you know what i've got to win something and it's it's getting cold it's getting late and annette and i are just like freezing and like looking at each other i'm like i didn't wear enough and so her and bob start to go out toward the bikes because it was get, at this point it was right. after i'm gonna be eating a girl stuff cookie while we talk about it uh, it's gonna be good i think it was after like 11 o'clock and it was just freezing and um annette didn't win the sentence that she wanted so i was like i just want to stay and see if i got that mini bike and i'm just like standing there freezing and they're like all right you know we're gonna do it they made it to the very last thing and so i'm just like just fucking call the numbers already and i just like in slow-mo like i'm winning the world series coming around to home plate she's just reading off the numbers and i'm just like oh my god oh my god and i just stopped and i was like oh my god that's my ticket and i was like <laughs> i just remember walking up like fuck yeah and i walk up to the bike and i just slam the back seat and i was like this bitch is mine <laughs> <laughs> i was just ecstatic and then the next thing that comes into my mind was like oh fuck i have to get this home because we rode there and i had i was like i have nothing i think we could have tied it up to the back of my dad's bike <laughs> oh my god just gonna throw it out there maybe you know? we yeah. maybe but um rocio was there and she's a friend of ours and she's like oh you know we drove we can day. put it in the back of her i think it was a rav4 right. so <laughs> the bike was totally dry had no fluids in it so we were able to get it in on its side in the back of her car and she took it home and then i picked it up from her um, probably like a week. I picked it up from her a week later, got it in the back of my Jeep, took it home. That's awesome. I'm so stoked to ride it. I was looking it up. The right. fastest it goes is like 24 miles per hour. That's I can't wait good. to mob around <laughs> in that thing. I'm going to learn how to do wheelies on it too. I'm stoked. That's pretty good. We're going to have to see some pictures of that. Maybe put those on the site as well. Oh, pictures or it didn't God. happen. Oh, I could not agree more. I am. <laughs> I just, I love it. It's bright red and it came with a new, um, built well helmet that actually fits my head. Nice. So I got a helmet and a bike and I only paid like I was twenty five or thirty dollars in tickets, and the bike retails at like five hundred, and the helmets are at least a hundred and something. So the yeah, come up was real. Well, mm -hmm. I tell you what you do, okay? If you really want to um, meet those Common Core standards and raise those grades, you just have a contest with your kids that whoever gets the best graded class <laughs> wins bike. that little bike. <laughs> you will be the coolest teacher in the world. Oh my god! It was funny because that was a Saturday that that show was, and when I came back on Monday, my students, you know, I like to just like kick the shit with them um on monday mornings to just kind of talk about their weekends and they're like oh you know miss b like how was your weekend and i was like i forgot to tell you guys and so um i had a couple of pictures of me on the bike and i showed them that and they're like that's so cool like are you gonna bring it to class and i was like oh no i don't, I don't know about that they're like well aren't you gonna ride it up here and i was like no it would take me forever to make it up the 15 to get it here but it was it was awesome they were happy for me and they were like all applauding so 
It was great. I'm trying to get all these kids riding motorcycles. Their parents will thank me when they're adults, for sure. The ones that survive. <laughs> oh, God. I got dark. Timmy never made it to college because of Kelsey. <laughs> You're welcome. No. <laughs> Timmy's going to make it to college super fast because he'll be going down the carpool lane. Exactly. Right. He'll be getting there before everyone else and getting all the hot chicks. Preferred parking. Riding Pileteer. Mm-hmm. You go, Preferred Timmy. Parking. Pileteer. Pileteer. That's right. Yeah, I never understood everyone's worried about. Could you imagine? Imagine if everyone's kid rode a motorcycle, how much more as a society we'd be more aware of people riding motorcycles. Just saying. I mean, it isn't hard to figure out. Not just awareness. I think there'd be more of a a mutual respect for others and for the road because, you know, you're not in that protective steel bubble of a car. Like, you know, know you got to be more conscious of everything. I just see us all like protecting all the little kids on their little scoots cruising around town and Mm -hmm. on the highways and whatnot. That would be great. Let's all watch out for our children. And, you know, they've done a lot of numbers of games on it, but if every single male, not female, but if every single male between 20 and 30 rode a motorcycle instead of driving a car, we would have zero traffic congestion. Just going to throw it out there. Hmm. The numbers are really that real. Numbers don't lie. They really don't. So with that, we're announcing our campaign. It's going to be <laughs> two yeah. wheels for teenagers. Join your local debate. Make it happen. <laughs> oh <my> yes. <laughs> you can send your money to American Roadrunner Podcast Patreon, and uh, we'll make sure we'll your, throw it forward. your kids get, get a copy. motorcycle. Well, that only leads us to the future, Kelsey. I uh, seem to think that your future seems really bright. Do you? I'm thinking maybe you picture yourself out on America's Highway running like a motherfucker enjoying the road (laughs) and camping in the gutters and dressing like a man so people know you're not a woman well you had me until that last part why well i don't know why i'd have to dress like a man do you have reservations or concerns about traveling by yourself as a female i really don't actually um so part of why I like to work out and be strong as fuck, not only to lift heavy things, is yeah. because it, it gives me confidence. I do. I feel more confident in, you know, my abilities, if anything were ever to happen. Um, but also I just I tend to make pretty smart, calculated decisions. I'm not going to put myself in a super sketchy situation, make sure that I'm fully prepared. But I mean, you know, shit happens. Life happens. I just like to think that I'm pretty quick on my feet and could maneuver myself out of any sketchy situation. Because, you know, like. There's a way Annette does it by herself cross country. Well, I'm not certified in 27 different states. Right, like some. <laughs> and so your way of Yet. doing it might be more getting yourself out of situations I mean, with cleverness, not dressing like a man per se. I could I could dress like I I'm pretty tall. I I like to and that's that's my problem with motorcycle gear and maybe this is a super digression again, but it's hard to wear motorcycle gear like the jacket that I'm wearing now is an extra large yeah. because I need it long in the arms and it's not long enough in the arms in my opinion, but okay. it's super wide in the body. Yeah. So women's motorcycle gear doesn't always fit me. Um but I don't wear men's motorcycle gear cuz it's not comfortable. So I'm kind of that in between thing, so I dress sort of like a hobo at times. Well, Those jeans, got, boots. Yeah, but you've got all the feminine beanie. curves, so I'm not sure how you'd work. They get they get like under the baggy layers that I wear, though. Oh, so. Yeah, okay. So is this really an issue, like uh, no, harassment just... in the motorcycle community towards women? I've personally 
not really been harassed. People like to like wave at me or give me thumbs up. One time I did have some creepy guy record me while I was riding my motorcycle. Um, that was a little odd, but I've never had anyone like really heckle me. A lot of people, and I think it's men that that ride that just catch me while they're in their car will be like, oh, fuck yeah, like thumbs up or like, that's really awesome that you ride. I've never had any like stupid comments yet, but I mean, I haven't been riding yeah. too, too long. I'm waiting we for it. We had a few the other night, but you were real good when we stopped at that in and out. Oh, you yeah. You were real good working around guys. that. Yeah. You also yeah. have a really loud yeah. motorcycle, so you probably don't ha- hear half the things like, oh, that men are yelling you at say? you. Well, yeah. And that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. When it also, said- <laughs> yeah, it does. It helps because I, um, I worked serving beer for a couple of years, and I've, I've dealt with all sorts. I've been... Would somebody call me an elf one time? Like, oh, you look like the elf from the Lord of the Rings. And I was like, okay, get your fucking movie straight. Like, come on. Or fairy. Fairy from Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry. I was called a fairy. I was like, there are no fairies. If you're going to come at me with Lord of the Rings, you got to get that correct. But uh, so I can can handle uncomfortable situations. So I want to go cross country for sure. I'm definitely going to, you know, dress as a lady and kick ass and take names as best I can but it's just it's a whole different level of independence that I kind of strive for I'm super independent right now but I think that's because I want I want to live my own life I want to do it the way that I want to do it I want to enjoy it you know if someone comes into my life and I have a great partner to share it with that's fine but I never want to like have to rely 100% on someone and I think that's what my motorcycle has given me it's like that's mine I don't have to have a you know co-pilot or a passenger sitting in the passenger seat helping me get from one destination to the next it's like i have to rely on myself to get there so it's one thing that i just i love and i want to be able to take a cross-country trip to not only prove to myself that i can do it but just to experience that so so camping in a gutter and or a rest stop on the set like you know like maybe more like bob marshall style you know but i'm i'm so down for that like i i can be pretty frou-frou at times but i just when it comes to babes right out, I'll wear the same pair of pants the whole entire time. I've reworn socks. I always bring 16 thongs, though. You always got to be prepared <laughs> <Right>. for that. <laughs> you, know, you know, that actually, it made me think of a question. Um, since you said it's kind of difficult for you to find riding apparel like your size, would you ever consider like making your own line of women's riding apparel? Just because it, it does seem like something mm-hmm. that... Uh, it, I mean, Bob always talks about how... Um, more women are writing these days. Mm-hmm. There's a huge, huge audience Thank for that. God. So, I mean, is that a market that, you know, should be tapped? I mean, would you be somebody who would want to make writing it, apparel? It would be cool, too. There are a lot of um, companies out there, and and this is a problem. I don't want to, like, say anything and have people, like, oh, she's such a bitch. Um, I love At Wild. They're a company that make motorcycle clothes, and they have some great stuff, but it's more on the pricey side, but that's because mm-hmm. they provide really quality things. So I wouldn't want to put some shitty product out there that while it fits great and looks great, it's like, oh, you know, it's not going to hold up because if you go down, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what it is, what it's going to come down to for me is just investing more in really quality stuff. And you kind of have to, it's almost like boutique shopping for motorcycle gear because um, mm-hmm. there are things out there that do fit me a little bit better, but it's hard because sometimes I... If I'm more comfortable riding, I'm going to be more cognizant of my ride and the things going around. But if I'm uncomfortable because my jacket's too tight or it's too short, then that's going to be my focus. It's really hard for me to get that off my mind. So I'm paying mm-hmm. less attention to everything around me. And that, that puts me in harm's way. So it's like, you know, I kind of have to find that proper balance and it gear does. out appropriately. And I appreciate you mentioning it because you've been riding for a while and mm-hmm. you're still looking for the balance. And I yeah. know as I've ridden with you, I've seen you plus with your gloves or I've seen you and mm-hmm. I've gone, well, you know, being the asshole that knows everything, let me give you my opinion. You've always taken it well, but 
I know for myself, it took me a long time to really get comfortable. My riding gear, a lot of it I've made just because I can't find what I'm looking for. Stuff doesn't fit right. I have very short legs and a very tall torso. So that's why when I sit down at a table, I look like I'm seven feet tall, but then I stand up, I'm only <laughs> six two. So it turns into a real problem. But yeah, I've got real short legs. So I, I get to make a lot of stuff for myself. Yeah. And so I do so. And I do have a monster sewing kit and I do have all the fun <laughs> stuff and I learned how to sew because of it. Oh, so yeah. So take your time with it. Have a good time with it. And yeah. It's okay. If it isn't perfect the first time, it may be perfect the second or mm-hmm. third time. Good for you. Yeah. So if you are a tailor out there listening to this, know <laughs> that there is an untapped market of motorcycle riders that need uh, uh, good apparel that fits them correctly and that can be tailored correctly mm-hmm. to them. So well, and it's stuff that we're comfortable in because yeah. it is hard. Yeah. They make it all day long. Right. No, I but mean, tailoring it, getting it the right and, size. You yeah. Know? yeah. No, they'll they'll do it. It's just uh, yeah, it can, it can get a little pricey if you're not careful. And I think the label is a big part of it too, right? I mean, if you just I I see labels on motorcycle gear all the time, and it, it seems like you're you're buying like you know kind of like oh, yeah. like all day long. like Nike logo. You know, you're mm-hmm. buying the the Nike logo on shoes, and not so much the shoe. If if somebody just made like good apparel that lasts, that's not about the brand. It's more about you know. Well, and are you comfortable in it? Mm-hmm. Right. I got friends that's who huge. wear Air Stitch all day long, and other friends who are like, I'd never touch that stuff. You know, like a whole bodysuit mm-hmm. whether it's hot or whether it's cold you're wearing a bodysuit you know a whole body armor we just need an old yeah. navy of motorcycle gear oh like just cheap <laughs> cheap but good you they know got a good one up in cala mesa but oh. there's yeah i have to turn you on that. this old this nice. old lady named sue runs a buckles and belts up oh, there in cool. Mesa. yeah they got yeah some cool stuff. that's well, always nice to know we're bla- but you never can find i end up picking up something from here and then picking up something <laughs> from chaparrales and picking up something from you know the internet i mean you pick yeah. it up all over the place well, and i just- think um for me it's not so much about like i know a lot of people want to flash their brand like oh i'm wearing a dionese jacket and i'm like oh you can go fuck yourself i really don't Fox care logo yeah you know and for me what the reason i like to wear things like anything babes right out i'll i'll wear the fuck out because i I want people to ask me about that so i can tell them like there's this, it's this badass event and you have to go because it that event changed my life hands down that that was a turning point for me and i i love it so much so anything babes right out i will wear and wear it with pride but i also like to wear motorcycle company stuff so that you know people will ask me and i can just turn them on to the interest of like yeah you know like what do you do and you're a girl and you ride and it's just like yeah like why the fuck not you know i i'm aware that it's a it's a dangerous hobby to have but i'm not gonna live my life in fear and i love what i do and it's just like ask me about it so i don't wear it to show off like oh you know look how bougie i am but i also don't own any <laughs> bougie things um but i think it's just kind of like brand awareness for me is that's at least why i do it so well we are very fortunate in our times that women can get riding we got a great podcast connie our friend connie's oh, yeah. podcast girl on a moto that's a wonderful resource and the list can go on and on mm-hmm. but we're very lucky to have that these days and i think whether you're male or female these days, it doesn't matter anymore. It just matters if you ride or not. So and there's a lot more dangerous things you could do. You could be hanging out at the sex club every weekend or something. You know, that's this really dangerous. You can do both. You can oh, ride I, your motorcycle I, to the sex you club. You could do Ooh, that. Yeah, I think I you, yeah. About that. Yeah. 
I think you're more likely to get bit by a shark than in a motorcycle accident. So yeah, yeah. just stay the fuck out of the water and you're good. Yeah. yeah what if you get exactly. bit by a shark on your motorcycle? That would be cool. Then you're just a badass. Yeah, you're I jumping would buy over a lot shark. Of yeah, and get struck by lightning. Oh, God man. hates you. Winner, winner. <laughs> Give us your IGs, Kelsey. Um, my so I started and recently started a new Instagram, dun, dun, dun. and I started it. Not because I want like likes or followers, um, but because I want to leave, not necessarily like leave a bigger footprint, but have a greater hand in the motorcycle community. Um, so I started an Instagram that's biker.bowls, B-O-H-L-S. That's my nickname. Um, and I just kind of document my rides, post nice. about anything. Like, for example, for bike night, open mic bike night, I made a post saying that I was going to meet up or we could meet up at a gas station and ride out. And I went there at 6 o'clock. At 6.30, I rode out by myself because no one showed. But you know what? Hopefully over time, people will uh, start to follow my Instagram and I can go on some awesome rides. It's just about bringing awareness to the community. I know that it's out there, but I just want to try to be a greater presence and at least have a part in that. As so best one I more time, that's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Biker.bowls, B-O-H-L-S. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Amen. Kelsey, Yay. thanks for hanging out with yeah, us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you, Kelsey. This is awesome. No problem. All right. So I guess it's about that time we wrap things up. What do you say, Bob? Well, we should say a big thanks to our sponsors, Flying Dutchman Co. And uh, Ride One Can Today. And uh, don't forget the Bow Monster. I will tell you, if we get this podcast out in the next day or two, the answer is Thursday. We're having the big book release party at Back to the Grind. Yeah, Back to the Grind. That's in Riverside on University Avenue between Lemon and Orange Street. It's right off the freeway. Easy to find. Uh, it's right next to a couple of bars, so uh, come six to nine. Yeah, so come hang out with us, buy the book, and then uh, you can hang out at the bars with us. You can find us online at American Roadrunner On Facebook, we're at American Roadrunner the Book. On Instagram, you can find us at American Roadrunner. That is all one word. Any comments, questions, concerns, email us at American Roadrunner the Book at gmail.com. And as always, this podcast can be found on AmericanRoadRunnerPodcast.com. All the things that we do here are built around the book, aptly named American Roadrunner by Bob Marshall, on Amazon paperback, ebook, and coming soon an audiobook. That is a lot of American Roadrunners, right, Bob? God bless us. I gotta tell you, I'm real excited. I just got a nice uh, message from one Mr. Danger Dan. And uh, his comment was pretty right on. He said, hey, let's do a podcast sometime. I said, thanks, but I'm a little busy doing my own podcast right now. But I'm going to give him a call in a bit. We'll do some more darn podcasting. Thank you all, everybody. Be better humans. Enjoy our music by Meek. Thank you. Don't fall.